Welcome to Northern Goal, a football podcast for the Evening Express and Press and Journal. I'm here today, Ryan Crail, as always, with uh, Paul Third, Jamie Durant, Andy Skinner, a, a choice lineup. How are we guys? Are we okay? I'm um, all good. Very well indeed, thanks. Yeah, Good, thanks. I thought you were so excited, Ryan, you were going to forget your own name in that opening. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, it was getting there. Uh, but the dog also moved right in the middle of my intro, which of course... Throw, always throws me off it's the perhaps the worst thing that can happen to a podcaster uh, but this week we're right on the cusp of the beginning of the new season with the Premier Sports Cup which a few of our sides are involved in only one aren't involved this weekend but they will be next week but yes they've kind of been in that phase where they've just been closing out their pre-season a lot of our teams over the last few days as well so we'll discuss Aberdeen's 7-1 win over Brecon on Wednesday night as well as their clash with Peterhead on Sunday Ross County they were playing against Brora Rangers they were up there last night and they get their Premier Sports Cup campaign underway against Bucky Thistle this weekend Inverness have been making signings this week playing pre-season friendlies and they take on Kelly Hearts this weekend and we'll have Cove Rangers to discuss. They're not quite, as I said, there yet in terms of competitive fixtures. They've got a friendly this weekend, but they've made a pretty impressive signing, I would suggest, over this week. And Elgin City will have them to discuss as well ahead of their season kicking off. But yes, let's go all the way back to the top. Yeah, Aberdeen 7, Brecon 1. It was at Glebe Park, though, of course. Sean Wallace was there for us. Paul, it sounded like... Uh, a decent Aberdeen performance you'd have expected to win of course wouldn't you Ah, you'd, you'd, you would you'd expect Aberdeen I mean with, with all due respect Breaking are a Highland League club these days but um, as first looks go from what Sean has been saying about the game it certainly was a composed controlled display from the Dons and let's be honest when's the last time Aberdeen scored seven in a game in any shape or form I think we should be delighted with that six different scorers too is probably the most important part for for Jim Goodwin I mean if you gave me I I would say three to five minutes I could probably tell you the answer to that question but I don't think we've got three to five minutes so let's just say it's been it's been a while certainly didn't happen last season I seem to remember there was a game at Pataudry they won 7-1 in the league a few seasons ago Andy, this is a thing that you'll know about. Uh, around about the time Considine was scoring hat-tricks down at Dens, uh, there was a yeah. 7-2 against Motherwell, I think, as well. 7-2, that's the one, the Motherwell one, yeah, so they conceded. So it was actually was that a the Mark McKean night? I think it was, yes. Yes, it was, it was. <laughs> Get that <too. laughs> Move it on. Anyway, <laughs> anyway since we, we feel we've maybe confirmed when the last time Aberdeen scored 7 was Sean Wallace's big takeaway was, of course, that Anthony Stewart, who they signed from Wickham Wanderers in a pre-contract over the summer, and he's now joined up with the team, started at centre-half. Sean thought he was dominant on the deck and in the air. He was aggressive, great at organising his teammates, and looked very comfortable in the ball. So it's good early signs for him, but I suppose he was also wearing the armband. And I think I'd certainly discussed him with a couple of people as a potential captaincy option coming in this summer. I think a lot of people have been pointing towards Ross McCrory. Joe Lewis obviously was captain for the last few seasons, bar that weird Scott Brown sort of dual captaincy thing that happened. Then, of course, there's Lewis Ferguson's future as well and whether he's a captain option if he stays. But I think Stuart, with his, with his background, he's got all the credentials, doesn't he, Paul? I think so. And It's funny, um, when you're talking about captain 
contenders. Um, I, I spoke to Joe Harper. You know what I'm what I'm going to wait to see here, Ryan. I, I do. You speak I do. to him regularly too. I spoke to Joe for his his column tomorrow, and uh, he was certainly of the opinion the guy wearing the armband doesn't really matter. <laughs> A captain <laughs> for him is the boy that lines up for the coin toss, and and that's about it, really. Look, we had a new captain straight in the door in Scott Brown last season, so I've got no issue if Jim Goodwin wants to repeat that trick with Stewart. Uh, he's experienced, he's an outfield player too, which perhaps figures in to the manager's thinking, and I'd be amazed if he's not going to be playing every week in this Dons team. And th- those qualities alone put him firmly in contention. And I suppose if you tie that into what Sean watched at Glebe Park in the air, dominant, organiser and comfortable in the ball, I think was the four qualities you mentioned, Ryan with all due respect to the players who featured in central defence last season with the, I don't think that's been qualities that the team really showed last year, um, that maybe sounds critical, I, I don't mean it to be, it's just maybe perhaps confidence and experience that Stuart has can be added to that and that's probably what made him stand out, because that's probably why he looked so composed at, at, at Glebe Park not to mention he's hard as nails. That's all we keep hearing from people. So put all that together, sounds promising to me. I've got no complaints if he's out for a coin toss before every game. Yeah, right though. Um, I suppose fans don't really care too much about who's been the armband. What they what they want to see from Stuart is him coming in and helping shore up that defence. And if, was there, you know, was there any greater maybe sort of uh, callback to last season? Last night against Brecon, then David Bates coming on and giving away a penalty for Brecon to net their goal. I mean, we're gonna. I think we probably expect Stuart and Bates to be the sort of first choice centre back partnership, certainly at the moment. But yeah, I, I think we want to see improved performances from Bates this season. Don't we? Is that is that going too far? No, not at all. I think any any player on that team needs to improve last season um, at the risk of Ar- Arsene Wenger in this one I-, I didn't see the penalty incident on Wednesday night so I can't offer too much comment um, but as I understand it the penalty was conceded just as a raft of changes were being made and it, look it was the only blot on an otherwise good night's work for the Dons who were firmly in control of proceedings but yeah I mean is, is David Bates going to be the first choice I- I'm not I don't know because he, he likes Liam Scales as well, so it'll be interesting to see which one actually gets the nod. But Stu- I think Stuart's a shoo-in, for sure, to be one of the starting central defenders. And if we are going with a back four, it's Bates or, or Scales. To get a bit specific on Bates, uh, and I'm not suggesting this is what happened last night, because I don't think it was. I think it was a, I think it was more of a sort of late challenge, a sort of trip. But... Do we think at times he can be too handsy a centre back, and that maybe counts against him in sort of situations in the penalty area? Aye, aye. Um, I, I know what you're getting at. He's he's uh, what we would an old school defender of getting touch tight with his player he's marking, but I think sometimes, in, especially in the modern game, you just need to feel that that contact, and you go, oh, I can I can go down here or 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 get this guy into bother. They're all everybody does it. Let's be honest. Um, Bates maybe just needs to tweak that natural sensibility he's got to just well if I've got, if I've got a hand on the back or on the shoulder I know where he is if he's not going to get away from me because he does get caught out from that we saw that a few times last season that's certainly an, an obvious area that he could be looking to try and uh, eradicate from his game I think anyway enough about the defence it's sparking my PTSD a little <laughs> bit uh, we saw Christian Ramirez get another pre-season goal um, sort of flying in the face of all the speculation 
around him, or is it flying in the face, scoring a goal against Bucky and then a goal against Brecon? I don't know. But he certainly, while we're still waiting for Boya Majowski to come over, he's certainly got a part to play for Aberdeen. You imagine that could and probably will extend into at least a couple of the Premier Sports Cup games for Ramirez. But we're, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about how Vinny Bezewin is going to be the, the standout attacker for the Dons this season. Had six months to bed, bed in, despite all the other chaos at the end of last season. But over this summer, uh, we've seen a few goals, especially from the Spanish training camp, of you know a few screamers that he scored, pinging the ball in the top corner from all sorts of ridiculous ranges and angles. And then he scored a couple last night as well. The, the first one, I believe, was pretty majestic. I mean, big things expected of him. And I mean, if I were to pay half a million quid for a half a million quid, half a million pounds for a player, I mean, you'd expect big things from them, wouldn't you? Yes, I mean, you're, you're taking the words out of my mouth here. Te- he's a technically a very good player. And six months down the line, he's now had that time to settle in Scotland. Uh, and as I said, you've, you've stolen my thunder a bit here because there was so much has been said about Aberdeen's summer transfer dealings in terms of a near seven-figure outlay in fees that it's largely overlooked that a substantial fee was paid for Bijouin in January. He's clearly one Aberdeen have high hopes for. He's here in a long-term deal. And we have seen encouraging glimpses, glimpses sorry, in the friendlies and the training camp in Spain. It's all looking very encouraging. If he is going to be the player that Aberdeen certainly think he is, then the fans are in for a treat. Yeah, I think Christian Ramirez, is, he's probably got the mantle to, to kind of go on and try and make it make a bit of an impression early doors while the Dons are still waiting on Majowski's work permits or visa to come through. He's got a couple of Betfred Cup, Betfred Cup, League Cup, Premier Sports Cup, whatever it's called these days. Um, games against lower league opposition um, in Peterhead and Sterling Albion, where you, you'd expect the Dons to win. And it's a chance for him to try and get some goals under his belt early and prove that he can either be an alternative to Majowski or work with him, um, given that he's, a, he's under contract for, for another season. Um, as far as the, the front three goes, I would expect Bazawan to have one of the spots nailed down. And I think Matty Kennedy will probably be the other on, on the opposite side, given that he's. He's kind of featured quite heavily in pre-season, and he's a kind of I think he's a favourite of Jim Goodwin's. Um, and then you've got maybe come up a couple of alternatives in and uh, McLennan or Hayes or even kind of young Ryan Duncan as well that can come in and and feature at some stage. Um, I think probably we'll get an idea maybe of his preferred lineup once the the league fixtures start. I think for the for the League Cup, I think he'll probably Jim Goodwin will probably. Rotate his rotate his squad and give give everyone a chance to show what they're about in competitive fixtures. Yeah, I would agree with that. So um, I think he does rate Matty Kennedy, but yeah, as many people have said already, Aberdeen are probably too good to be in the Premier Sports Cup in terms of resources and stuff at this stage. So it is you know you'd expect even a changed Aberdeen side to be able to get a result in the games they've got. I'm, I've got to say over the last couple of days with all the UK government chaos, I mean my. My concerns haven't been for the wider nation as such. That maybe shows my priorities a little bit. It's more like with every government minister that resigned, I've thought to myself, the business of government will slow down even further and that's going to have a knock-on effect on getting Ramadani and Miofsky's uh, passports back to them so that they can come back to the or come to the UK and start uh, work in the northeast of the Dons and start well, playing games. For the Dons, uh, I suppose we'll just have to wait and see on that. Jamie, Peterhead this week, since last weekend, um, they're friendly with Dundee when Jim McAnally said their squad numbers were actually kind of embarrassing for him at the moment. 
and we've talked a little bit this week about you know a lot of players have left Peterhead and some players are injured at Peterhead at the moment um, among their kind of I would say their, their top players and it's looking like they're going into this Aberdeen game um, at the weekend pretty hamstrung pretty outgunned pretty outnumbered uh, what 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 can Peterhead hope for in this one do we hold any hope for them getting a result against the Dons or is it is it you know damage limitation it's I'm I'm kind of pretty I am pretty concerned and a bit worried about the situation there at the minute because while Jim McAnally and Davy Nichols are probably used to dealing with high squad turnover this season it seems to they seem to have combined losing a lot of players with a low kind of uptake of new ones and the market might have been slow and that might reflect that but at the same time they're probably they're struggling to field a side I would say at the minute because they haven't got a goalkeeper signed um, heading into the weekend's game and they can't play trialists in the in the League Cup so they're going to need to do something over the next couple of days just to get somebody in the door that can play between the posts for starters um, and I mean the squad wise again they're looking they are looking to to add more numbers and I know they've spoken before about not just signing guys for the sake of it just to fill out a squad but there comes a time when you might need to do that because you, you're running that low. Um, they signed Ola Adeyemo yesterday um, after he was let go by Cove. I think um, he obviously knows Ryan Strachan um, from his time at Cove and the both of them have now joined now joined Peterhead this summer and he'd, I know he's kind of been training with them for a while so there's another forward option there but they're very, very light on midfielders. I think Jack Brown's the only central midfielder they've got at the minute. Um, Andy McCarthy's out for six weeks. Um, Scott Brown, Simon Ferry, uh, Gary Fraser all left in the summer. Uh, Hamish Ritchie's more of a of a wide player than a central midfielder, and it's it doesn't bode well. It doesn't bode well for them going in this weekend. And say Ryan Strachan's not fit yet. Jason Brown is suspended at the back, so it's going to be. I think it'll be a busy couple of days before the game just to make sure they've got they've got bodies in there that can actually be part of the squad. But I would be. I'd be fearful if I was if I was Peterhead just now. Yeah, of all the places to be light against Aberdeen, you probably don't want to be light in central midfield with the depth they've got there. Right, anyway, we'll see what happens with Peterhead over the next few hours, next day or two. Um, head the game this weekend where both of those clubs will get their season underway and we'll move on now to Ross County, who Andy saw play for the first time in pre-season. Uh, last night and will give us a lowdown on every single one of their new signings. Okay, Andy, up at Brora County. I mean, Craig Campbell, the Brora boss, was full of praise for their movement and said they were on a different level. Obviously, they're a full-time team, Brora a part-time Highland League outfit, so you'd, you'd maybe expect that, but he did sound generally impressed as a guy that comes up against Brora, um, you know, all the time. I think they probably played them last preseason. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they did, if memory serves me right. But County have got a few new players um, who were all in show last night. I think Mar- Malky McKay played, what, at least 22 players overall over the course of the game because he played two different 11s, uh, half to half. Who who impressed you? How were County generally? Yeah, it was difficult to know what to expect because this was their first game. Um, as much as... You know, I spent last week with them out in Italy. Um, I only got brief glimpses of their training sessions. 
and it was difficult to really form a judgment as to how it was all going to look on the park. So, yeah, I was really looking forward to last night's game um, and for it being their first match and given that they played two different 11s in uh, each 45 minutes, I, I thought they looked really sharp and uh, impressive. Certainly a combination of you know new signings and, and you know established players in, in the team in the first half um, looked to cause Brora problems right from the start and Obviously, Kazim Oligbe got the opening goal. He's, you know, on the the younger end of the scale as far as their new signings are concerned, but looked really, um, you know, hungry to, to make an impression. Victor Latouri is the other new signing that played in the first half, and from a holding midfield position, he looked really assured on the ball and provided a, a, a wonderful assist for um, Dominic Samuel's second goal. Just to round up the first half, I think the one player that really caught my eye isn't a new signing per se, but it feels like one, and that's Josh Sims. I think he's looking like he can be a, a real impact player for, for County this season. Uh, just judging by the level that he's played at, um, and he spoke the other day about how you know just indebted he is to County for really taking their time over his uh, rehabilitation from all the problems that he's had in the past. Um, I think there's a feeling that he's coming you know, into this season with a a real feeling that, that he can replicate some of what he's shown in the past. And last night, again, he he, he just looked really effervescent in the, the, the sort of forward area and uh, a player that I think can can really make a, a, a telling impact in the, the absence of, you know, a number of players that the Staggies lost in that position last season. A wee pause here so the listener can get the dictionary out and work out what effervescent means <laughs> he was a buzz bomb <laughs> he was a buzz bomb okay second half though completely different team uh, as good a team if you were if you had to play one of those 11s this season what, which 11 would you play what I would say in the second half is I think Brora kind of settled into the game a bit better and uh, you know just adapted to, to what was coming at them they're obviously not used to coming up against players of that uh, sharpness and intensity so uh, but you know, from the second half performance, I have to say the one that really caught my eye was Jan Danda, who has played at a, a good level uh, down at uh, down at Swansea, fifty odd games that he's played in the Championship, and just really intricate on on the ball. Um, you know, neat passages of play with some of the, the fellow attackers in that position. Uh, and you know, with no disrespect to Brora, probably not the the slickest of surfaces, you know, compared to what you'd be used to down in in the English Championship. So, um, you know, from having spoken to Don Cowie last week, I think County see him as maybe filling up that uh, that role that Blair Spittle played, just kind of linking up the midfield and attack. Uh, so him, Abuda Edwards, uh, his pace was really clear to see. He's, he's another wide player along with Oligbe that played in the, the first half. And uh, George, uh, sorry, Ben Purrington was the, the other one that came on uh, of the, the new signings. He's kind of the most experienced of the, the new signings that have been brought in. Most of them are in that kind of early 20s age bracket with you know varying levels of first-team exposure. But Purrington's played 250-odd games in the the English lower leagues and had a bit of success for a few of the clubs that he's played for. So 
um, you know, he, he looked very assured and, uh, you know, wasn't really tested from a defensive point of view so much. But um, I think there's a, a confidence that he's going to slot in pretty seamlessly to that, that position. But no, they were, they were missing a few. I think Malky Mackay mentioned that uh, Jordan Tilson, uh, Jack Baldwin and George Harmon, who's another one of the, the summer signings, were uh, given the night off just due to some niggling injuries that they picked up over the course of the, the training camp. But, uh, oh, it's so far so good. It's it's difficult to glean too much from from the first friendly. Uh, but, you know, they, they certainly look to be showing the right signs as they, they approach the start of uh, competitive action on Saturday. It probably bodes well for the start of competitive action against Bucky Thistle in the Premier Sports Cup because you'd expect uh, Brora and Bucky to be much of a muchness. I mean, you know, the Bucky better in the league last season. Brora beat them in the Highland League Cup final. So, I mean, on the basis of last night, you would say, I mean, you would have said this anyway, but the, the game's a must-win for County, especially when you, you take it in the context of last season's League Cup and how disastrously wrong that went, not not through any fault of counties. Yeah, and I suppose it's been notable that County have only taken the one friendly before the start of the, the group stage. Um you know, because most other teams, Aberdeen, for example, have got three under their belt now, I think. And, you know, County are sort of coming into this with last night being the only only match that uh, they've played, really. But uh, Malky McKay's spoken about that and how he, you know, really valued the week that they had last week in, in Italy as a, a training and a bonding exercise. Uh, you know, he felt that the, the hard sessions that they did over there will you know, prepare them just as well as, you know, a couple of extra bounce games against, uh, you know, uncertain Italian opposition may have done. So uh, I think, you know, coming into, as you say, quite a similar um, level of opposition this weekend in Bucky, uh, there is that real sense that County are using the, the League Cup as part of their pre-season. You know, managers say that all the time, but y- when you look at County's group, you know, there, there isn't even a championship team there. Um, I know they've got a full-time side in Dunfermline that they're coming up against next weekend, but um, I think it's it's very much part of the, the build-up that, as as again you say, they, they hope to have done last season, but, you know, the, the COVID problems that they had um, curtailed that. Um, but, no, I think, uh, you know, things will begin to, to sort of fall into place. They've got another couple of weeks now before... They, they open the uh, the Premiership campaign against Hearts. And, uh, you know, there's still scope for a, another couple of signings in there as well. But, uh, no, they, they, they seem to have competition in the, the you know, the, the areas that they were mainly targeting. The, the one area I would say they're still a wee bit light in is defence. They had quite a, a few younger lads playing there last night. Uh, Dylan Smith and Andrew McLeod came into the, the side as kind of 16-year-olds that have just recently signed apprenticeships but uh no it uh it, it, it certainly looked looked promising enough that i've just realized the one player that i've done a disservice to is jordy hula who got his uh, got his name on the score sheet you're uh, always gonna forget fun. one aye when they've made seven <laughs> uh or eight now actually J- jake eastwood the goalkeeper wasn't involved at all but uh no J- jordy hula took his goal well and certainly adds uh another dimension to their attack so County obviously released, they weren't wearing it last night, but they released, I don't think they were wearing it last night, but they released their new, uh, well their home and away kits uh, this morning, which I think completes the set for our 
our teams, Cove have released theirs, Inverness have released theirs, Aberdeen have released theirs. I'm not sure if Elgin have, but they've certainly been wearing a new home kit, Peterhead as well. Not necessarily sure they've got a new home kit, but they have released a new third kit. Jamie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. On that one uh, of the new releases, uh, I'd like you all, all three, just to just to say one. I don't, I, I don't want you know, I don't want the rationale and the you know my top three. I just want you to pick one that whatever club you want of the new releases that is your favourite. Paul, you can go first. Carly Thistlewey. Andy. Um, um, I'm inclined to say I'm not really sure because. If you're over 16, you shouldn't really be buying one anyway. But um, <laughs> um, I, I, I probably agree, actually. I think the Cali Thistle away top's brilliant. Uh, I also live in Inverness Thistle part of town, so uh, it's probably my duty to, to say the that. The heartlands. Jamie? I'm going to stick to my biases and say the uh, the black and gold Cove awake it. Good. Because uh, I was I was scared that one wasn't going to get its its moment in the sun because I, I wasn't going to be able to say that one. <laughs> but you can now, Ryan. What's your one? Mine is the Gothenburg-inspired Aberdeen home kit. Company man, company man. No, of course (laughs) it is, of course it is. Uh, Anyway, Inverness, uh, a little bit to discuss on that side of things. George Oakley, who'd been on trial with them, their former striker, he has now re-signed with the club. Uh, He scored for a Cali Thistle 11 last night, even after the news was announced to celebrate. But they've also brought in a defender, Zach Delaney, this week to shore them up a little bit there. Billy Dodds, Andy's been talking quite a bit about almost the, the sense it gets that they're maybe going to run with a smaller squad, but they're trying to bring in players that can play a few positions. I'm not sure what I think about that approach, but I mean, they've probably still got business to, to get done, don't they? Ahead of, especially, well, they've got their Kelty game this week, but ahead of a, a very challenging championship campaign that's coming up. Uh, maybe a wee bit to go. I wouldn't say too much uh, because you know they that's a good handful of signings they've they've brought in now um uh, george oakley i I certainly think is a a really shrewd addition given the impact that he made when he was there first time around um and he's he's you know done pretty well at an even higher level than that in the the premiership so i think they've got a known quantity there something a bit different up front he's he's a bit more physical and you know he'll be up for that that kind of aerial duel with uh, you know a lot of rugged centre halves in the league. So you know they they certainly know what they're getting there. Um, you know I, I haven't seen some of the the other players that they've brought in so far, but I would say that they're in you know a pretty healthy position in the sense that you know they they kept the core of their squad from last season. There's one or two players that they would have liked to have retained, like Reese McAleer. Logan Chalmers, um, Kirk Broadfoot was another one that, that moved on. But you know, I would say that the signings they've made so far have really been, you, you know, to supplement the the core of the group that they they still have from from last season. And you know, the, the indications are that they're they're performing pretty well in pre-season. The um, St. Johnson game sounded very impressive, and uh, Billy Mackay scored a, a hat trick in that one. By all accounts, Austin Samuels was. Uh, exceptional in, in the game and you know I think the, the fact that he's kind of got the, the pre-season plus the you know the tail end of last season under his belt with the club will will surely be of a benefit to him if I'm right in saying I think he was quite late in joining Aberdeen last time around so uh, maybe just a, a wee bit of an unsettled time for him in general throughout the last 12 months but you know in the championship I'm 
pretty confident that he he could be quite a an asset for them. Um, Does that no, that's just a game, Andy? Do you think that backs up the view that uh, the championship team that goes through the playoffs and gets the gets to the final is hard done by? And I know it's pre-season. I know St Johnston have lost players since then. But it's clear that, you know, Cali Thistle have given them a bit of a doing in that friendly in midweek. But the teams are far closer matched. I know there was more on the line at the end of last season. But Cali Thistle obviously had to play a lot more games to get to that stage in, short, in quick succession. And you could tell that by the end of the playoffs that Cali Thistle were flagging a little bit with fitness. Suspensions. Um, I, 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 no, I don't think anyone at Inverness is going to be getting carried away about that result. Um, you know, certainly certainly not going to be any comparison made to the, the, the playoffs, I don't think. Um, it, it's just a completely different setting, isn't it? You know, the, uh, the whole scale of the, the occasion as you're trying to you know, either you know secure your your place in the league you're already in, or to to try and get promoted, uh, just brings so much more with it that that you you can't attach at all to the, you know the the warm up exercise that they played the other day. Um, I, I mean, it, I, I don't think it was a full strength St Johnson team. It, by no means was it a, a weakened one, but um, or or a a weak one, should I say? They, they were first team players playing, but. It's certainly not going to be the the starting eleven that Callum Davidson picks for the the opening weekend of the Premiership season. I think what we've seen from Inverness is maybe indicative of what you maybe hear from other clubs as well that the Scottish market and particularly the availability of players is pretty thin on the ground. I know we've heard that from Peterhead quite a lot this season about how kind of the paucity of players available in Scotland, and I think there's maybe similar feelings at Cove. But you look at the signings that. Cali Thistle have made and they've largely been ones you wouldn't have seen coming like maybe George Oakley you could have given that he's been there before and Cali Thistle have certainly shown a proclivity to go back to players that they've had before if they feel like they've still got something to offer but you look at Nathan Shaw coming up from Fylde, Max Ram from Wickham, um, Zach Delaney who's obviously at West Brom it's they're having to think a little bit more outside the box and obviously bring guys in that have maybe not had huge amount of senior experience but would hopefully get that taste for for kind of senior football by playing with Cali Thistle um, I think Nathan Shaw was by by all accounts pretty impressive um, kind of during the last kind of week or so and I think with, with Max Ram and Zach Delaney coming in it shows an intent to address the defence they've obviously lost Kirk Broadfoot over the summer um, and I think Zach Delaney can play left back or centre half Robbie Dees can play a left back or centre half um, so you'd imagine one of those two would fill in there and then you've got Danny Devine or, or Max Ram for, for the other positions and kind of not forgetting kind of Cammy Harper as well who can play a left back um, there seems to be a lot of defensive options and then in the forward areas they look quite well stocked with, with Nathan Shaw with Austin Samuels with got Tom Walsh to come back you know got George Oakley and um, Billy Mackay who can play through the middle it looks like they've got um, kind of a decent a decent squad there now. That um, name, Max Ram, certainly packs a punch. Every time somebody said it, I've kind of gone like, you know, bad bad action that for a podcast. I, I sort of like flinched, uh, which you wouldn't have been able to see. Obviously, uh, Kelty this weekend, this trip there looks like being um, a challenging one for Cali Thistle in comparison to what's faced by Aberdeen and Ross County this weekend. Obviously, Kelty... Um, League One side now very ambitious 
side, um, even for a League One side, I think you'd expect them to be you know, a well-funded outfit. Um, but let's move on. Jamie, Cove Rangers, our championship new boys, they made a signing this week aimed at replacing... It was Jim McIntyre's, what is it, a second signing? But aimed at um, replacing Harry Milne, who was a huge loss for Cove. He's been one of their stars over the last few years, um, marauding left-back, but they've... I mean, there's going to be a little bit of a system change, I think, at Cove anyway, in terms of what they're asking their left-back to do, but they've signed they've signed Evan Towler, the 17-year-old from Aberdeen that was on loan at Elgin last season and impressed at centre-half, but they reckon he can fill that position on the left side of defence. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on at that level, won't it? Well, absolutely. I think for a boy that's um, not long turned 17 and already kind of played at League Two level to now be going playing against full-time teams in the Championship, I think it says a lot about what Aberdeen expect from him or what Aberdeen hope that he can deliver in the future. And it's in some respects, it's the best place for him because he's going to be on Aberdeen's doorstep so they can monitor his progress and he's going to be playing at a good level. Um, whether whether Cove play a three or a four, they needed to bring in a left-sided player. They only had kind of Connor Scully there after, obviously, Harry Milne left that could really fill that role. Um, Connor played at left wing back in the first game against Dunfermline in pre-season and then against uh, Gala Feridine last weekend he was at he was at left back um, until kind of the latter part of the game when Mark Reynolds filled in there um, but they've obviously they've obviously e-marked him I think Jim McIntyre is quite excited about working with him um, and if he if he is kind of left side of a back four he's going to have plenty of experience around him that can that can guide him and hopefully he can he can use the opportunity to showcase a little bit what he's about and that he is capable of making the step up because ultimately that's what these these loans are all about. Um, boys that are kind of going out at a young age to play. We've seen it with Ryan Duncan last season. He was only 17 when he was kind of being a regular at Peterhead in League One and he's been around the first team training um, during the pre-season and I think they have got high hopes at Aberdeen for for Evan Towler. So I'll be interested to kind of see how, how he gets on with, with Cove and how he handles the step up. Yeah, as I said, Cove, nut in Premier Sports Cup Cup action yet. Their campaign gets underway in midweek. Uh, Elgin City, anything to report really at Elgin, bar playing a couple of testimonials over the last week. Andy, they obviously get their Cup campaign underway against Air United away from home. Challenger won that for them this weekend. Big long journey for uh, the Borough Briggs outfit. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I, I mean, I think by all accounts, the um, you know, indications are pretty good at Elgin just now. They've um, they've played a, a few friendlies, mainly against Thailand League opposition, but uh, you know they've scored a, a good number of goals. And um, as far as I'm aware, they're yet to concede. They obviously played Rangers in Brian Cameron's testimonial last night, but I think Gavin Price had made it pretty clear that that wasn't going to be factored into his kind of preparation for the new season. It was a, a different type of match completely where a load of Brian's former teammates were involved in. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't one that they were taking as part of the, the build-up towards this air game. But, you know, off the back of a disappointing season, I think, um, you know, they, they seem to have um, kind of consolidated and uh, got a decent pre or a good pre-season behind them, Um which they, they weren't able to do last year due to COVID um, and a, a bit of a later start to, to pre-season. So, 
by all accounts, they're they're, they're very optimistic um, for for this point. But uh, a difficult one for them, obviously coming up against Air. But uh, you know they'll they'll certainly not be you know fearful of the the, the task awaiting them. Uh, I would imagine there's there's probably a wee bit more business to to be done there, but uh, certainly a, a decent core of the the squad still left over from from last season. Okay then, the games are back, but that concludes this week's episode of Northern Goal. Um, it's, it's it's all uphill from here, guys, as we move into the new season. But anyway, thank you for joining me today, Paul, Andy, Jamie. Cheers. Welcome. Thank you. Another email, any questions or queries to Northern Goal at dctmedia.co.uk if if that's what you fancy doing. You can also like and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. But we'll see you next week. To to digest all of the results from the Premier Sports Cup the games have taken place but until then, see you later Hope you loved the episode and if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North